Episode 35. I'm glad you knew it. Is it? Yeah, Peter. There we go, baby. Episode 35, the Dream Team. We're back in office. You're looking awfully tan. Yeah, mahalo. Mahalo. I actually didn't get too tan. I realized... Shoots, bro. Yeah. I used to be really bad at sunscreen, so I would come back super tan after yeah. a trip like that, but I'm very good with sunscreen now. So no burns, a little bit of a tan. Golf? Golf tan is definitely there. Oh, you do have a little bit of that yeah, forward, a little, a little lighter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I tanned the tummy. I tanned the back okay. a little bit. I got out there. You took that bad boy off for a spin? But definitely most hours in the sun were on the golf course. And you played well? Played well. Improved okay. the handicap each round, all three rounds. That's usually my goal when I play is just shoot a score that's added to my handicap. That would mean for all of our, you know, since this is a golf podcast, yes. that would mean that you shot those three rounds were one of your best last 20 rounds. Yeah, they take eight of your best rounds in the last 20 rounds. So that was one of your best eight? To then calculate your handicap, Yeah. Three wow. of those rounds are now in my handicap. One of them was an 89, Brady. What does that say about your game lately, dude? 89 wasn't great, but <laughs> shot an 83 <laughs> you did, you at did. Kapalua Plantation what Course. What was the last time you broke 80? I've only broken 80 once. Me too. Shot in the 30s a couple times on nine. Okay. Almost did that on the back nine at the Plantation Course. But I've only shot in the, in the 70s once, too. Yeah. I felt like that was God. Yeah, that's... Getting a single-digit handicap again would be the goal, and I'm 11-5 now, so it's closer than I thought it would be. Hey, bro, if you keep up this vacation schedule, you'll be there in yeah, no time. Yeah, I think when I head back in August. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to the same? No, I'm going to Oahu. Oh, but I still have Big Island rounds in my handicap, I noticed. So that just means I'm not playing enough. That was last November. That was Oof, you gotta get out there, like half a year ago. You're not taking enough vacation. No. That's the real problem. So going back in August. <laughs> And the plantation course is obviously like a top course in the country, yeah, in the world, a, right? It's a tour course. Some champions tour is there, oh, wow. so okay. they had all those photos, and they redid the lunch place. It's called the Plantation House, which my family's gone to a lot, and my mom was like, "Oh, this is completely different." Okay, so they completely flipped in a good it. Way? Which, yeah, in a great way. Okay, okay, I guess it was disgusting. It was like red carpet, all stained, just vintage interior, which surprised me. Only three years ago, it looked like that. Yo, but could you could we argue that like all this everything has to be new schools ruining the world? Like I follow these architecture accounts where everything is like beautiful. Like, what happened to cathedrals? You know what I mean? I was all thinking about that the other day. <laughs> Who pays for these things? Maybe this is just me. It's what I think about. But like I hate when we take down like beautiful architecture and we replace it with just like shiplap you know just basic this was it was done well it was definitely modern but it was i understand i appreciate but wouldn't it be nice to walk in somewhere that had like vintage done right like i would love to go to someone's home scarlett you probably know this i think these are dope maybe you don't but you've got good taste the the like depressed uh like the 70s 60s living rooms that had like the below ground seating Mm, yeah do you know what i'm talking about like the like the pit kind of yeah those are sick. Like, imagine going to someone's house right now, and if it was all nice like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, nobody remodels to the past. They only remodel to the future. Yeah, Costa Mesa, you'll find some one-story houses, like the mid-century modern. Yeah. The hair and bone. Do you like that design on hardwood? What's hair and bone? Sorry. I'm not that technical. It's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I do like that. Yeah, the it's layering. Cool it's look. like layered. That's, that's yeah, vintage. Yeah. Do you like those? Yeah, my old couch was like a low... 
like 70s huge couch from like 72. Let's see. Like you were saying, 70s is back, Brady. Maybe we'll get some. uh, Were they talking pits? Was that what they were called? I don't know what they were called, but I know exactly. I think it was like 60s. Conversation pits. Conversation pits. Imagine talking to people again. That'd yeah. Wild. Where, where does the 80 inch TV go <laughs> in the I conversation know. pit? Oh my gosh. So that was, uh, that was why. Yeah, now it was a good back. trip. I love it. What the hell are you wearing, Brady? I told you. Bro, you didn't bring those to the pod. Yeah. My shoes are even pretty dirty anyway. So. <sighs> Got Yoshi hanging out, my Yoshi <sighs> gibbet. <sighs> I almost got you a pair. There was a croc store <laughs> in the Whalers Village in Maui. Dude, that would have been an all-time. It's too like, expensive, though. You're, like, bring, you're bringing out too expensive. I haven't earned it. You're bringing back all these no, like macadamia go. nuts for everybody and then we didn't crocs go in the store. I saw it, though. I was laughing. I'm like, what if I brought back a pair of crocs? Oh, dude, that would be an all-time moment. Socks with them, too, huh? Yeah. I don't need them. Look at You got those things in sport mode, too? Like fuzzy. Oh, fuzzy inside. Let me see those bad boys. Let me see those things. A lot of grass. They're surprisingly light. Good amount of poop. Let me see. You got the grass in there too. Yeah, these are your very much like yeah, my backyard. Grandpa. Yep, like the take slide. out the trash. Yep, take out the trash. And then, do you keep them in comfort or sport? Comfort, but your- I went up the stairs, so <laughs> I locked them. Dude, the logo. Dude, it looks like this alligator got high. That's what this logo looks like. Have you ever seen this thing? Look at this guy. He looks like he's a little buzzed. Well, he's dizzy from the yeah, going into sport mode. <laughs> Dude, these are pretty epic. I didn't. Not bad, huh? Didn't ever think. I mean, this podcast is casual. <laughs> it's real casual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, the Crocs. I love it. Have you ever noticed our clips that its social team puts out? They never get, like, our actual takes. They just have us watching. we got to figure out a better way. So we're about to do advertising Chelsea. Okay. I don't know what we got to do, but it just looks like at our faces, it's it's people watching us watch an ad. So we got to change up our clips. Because I was looking at it, and I'm like, there's got to be a better way to show this segment. Yeah, I thought about it. I don't know if it's, like, <laughs> obviously we know the full context. And no one else does. Right? So I wonder, <laughs> I always try to think, like, if I didn't, wasn't the person recording this episode and I saw this clip, would it make sense? It, it usually does. So I just try to hold myself back, like, am I overthinking it? Because I know, like, a 30-minute conversation about this. No, but this. I feel like we got to splice up. Because, like, here's my point. We have a lot of opinions on the video. Yeah. That never get it into the clip. And we can take something, like, 15 minutes after and plug it in there and just yeah. really... Not that I'm saying anything live, but if our producers wanted to change it up the clip style, I was trying to watch them, Scarlet. And I was just like, it's just me going like to an ad, but then none of like our insights around why we like the ad or not. Yeah, it's just my RBF the whole time. Yeah, it is. You're just looking at it. exactly. So in the future, let's clip up our opinions with the ad. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah, I think we can make it both. Make, keep, get me smiling or something. I don't, <laughs> mine just not happened. Yeah, I don't know. I think we get so intent, like we're watching it, and then the camera is just us watching like this. Yeah, I realize <laughs> I, have, I have the upside down Elon Musk smile. It's our fault. I mean, we're the content. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're not. I, I would say he's like, yo, can y'all work to make us look like we're good at this? <laughs> Here, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just use take that. This, or like, we could use that clip too, right there. Yeah. Like some clips. 
Oh my goodness. Well, Hopefully, this one makes you smile. I, I feel like it will. Do you know this commercial? It's been in, in the hopper for a while. Honestly, one of my greatest fears is shipping my pants. So I am very excited to watch so this. So this is back during like e-commerce was way too scary for Kmart, yeah. and that's why they're out of business. Yeah, no one would buy online. This is probably pre-Walmart going full e-com. Not full e-com, but imagine offering if you're, full e-com. Imagine being the bad version of Walmart. <laughs> was it? Yeah, yeah. Was they, Kmart yes, lower than Walmart, yes. or was it in between Walmart and Target? No, they were like the Payless of Payless. Is my is, yeah? Explain, yeah. Scarlett, explain. Santa what? Barbara Goleta only had a Kmart. Yeah, and it was the worst thing in the world. You know, going okay. So like, you know how like when you leave Walmart and then you go to a Target, you're like, wow, Target's way better. Mm-hmm. Kmart makes you appreciate Walmart. I don't remember it like that. You've been to Big Lots and had to fight for your life just to try to find out where anything was in a row? And yeah. I think Kmart <laughs> was more organized than Big Lots. Big Lots, to me, is still a crazy concept. You ever been to one of those stores? Not in a long time. Are they around still? Time. Are they alive? Did... I like Big Lots. Everybody likes Big Lots, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. It's like National Treasure going in there just to try to find the item you're looking for. It's like for. an overstock store, right? Yeah. But so it's entirely they... disorganized. Like, they just the... throw things. Everything's everywhere. Nothing's in its proper place. They're like, it could be row, aisle 12, 14, 16, or 17. Just look. And you're like... Yeah, Goodwill does a better job. I know, because I grew up going to Big Lots. That's where my mom got me. All my stuff was Big Lots. And now I go back in there, and I'm just like, this place is chaos. I went to Kmart, and I had no issues. You really grew up going to Kmart? I mean, I'm sure Kmart, Walmart, Target, we hit them all. Okay, so like Kohl's to me is like bad Macy's. You get what I'm saying? Like, Kohl's is underneath Macy's. To me, Kmart's underneath Walmart. Okay. Yeah, Kohl's is weird. Kohl's is weird. We went in there. You have an, an Amazon that... return. Yeah. It, so I went aunt. in there for yeah, the first time, I think, ever. I'm like, yeah. it seems like a normal store. Just why do we never go? No. It, Kohl's is a place that you get, like, a random gift card for one of your birthdays from your aunt that you never <laughs> see. And she gets you Kohl's cash. And that's where you go. It's Kohl's. Sounds cool. Kohl's yeah. cash. Kohl's cash. That's what they call it. I know. I've got you have an aunt. Yeah. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> All right, so let me let me shit my pants. Let me see this thing. You shit my pants, right here. You shit my pants. You're kidding. You can ship your pants right here. You hear that? I can ship my pants for free. Wow! I just may ship my pants. Yeah, ship your pants, Billy. You can ship your pants too. I can't wait to ship my pants now. <laughs> yeah, I just, just ship my pants, and it's very convenient. <laughs> very convenient. I just ship my drawers. I just shipped my nighty. I just shipped my bed. <laughs> if you can't find what you're looking for in store, we'll find it at Kmart.com right now and ship it to you for free. So this is when they were going down. I don't get it. They had to innovate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I thought it was a good last ditch effort by Kmart. I still remember this commercial when it was live. Um, always made me laugh. But this is yeah, your mom would be like, "That's a funny Brady." This like, is in, like, the Bud Light was a category of wow. advertisement. We're really old. I thought 10 years ago you were with your mom. Huh? No. I was... Oh, my God. 21. <laughs> Dude, we got older. Okay, we yeah. keep going. Sorry. That was my bad. Yeah, I don't know when this aired, because this is all... This is under, like, a funny commercial channel. I was trying First to... First comment should have single-handedly saved Kmart. Nothing <laughs> saved Kmart. Yeah. But I like the ad. We just don't see it like this anymore. Even like super, this would crush 
Super Bowl ad, at least in my opinion, it's actually funny. Oh, it is actually funny. I love the kid. The kid made me laugh. Yeah. He... I like the grandparents. The It's so convenient. Because <laughs> <laughs> you already figured they kind of are, so it makes it even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the comment, though. The group hug at the end made no sense. Well, let's watch the group hug, because I agree. What a weird ending. So does this whole shit my pants thing, right, the whole time, and then... For free. Why are they hugging and that poor little kid puts his head in his belly? Yeah, the hug's weird. But at least he, he gave clarity and a call to action, right? Because oh, because everybody shipped their pants? Is maybe that way he's giving them a hug? I wonder what that is for. Yeah, they're all happy. Like, he saved the day because they didn't have their size. They were they using ship hashtags it. 10 years ago? Yeah, I would have guessed so. Yeah? Instagram was... Yeah, it was big. I remember my out first freshman post. year of college. My first post is making me look like I'm like a liberal arts major, just like oh yeah, random like artistic photos that make no sense with like three hashtags. I used to get up on <laughs> you know what I'm talking about here four likes, just crushing it on Instagram. Same performance when the explore page was just one page. I think it was like sixteen to twenty something tiles. Like that was the explore page, so that was what I was doing. It was just trying to get the algorithm to feature. Yo, by the way, when are you gonna ever like post something? Not that you're in marketing and run a podcast, but are you ever going to... On my Instagram? Yeah. I mean, your Instagram is, like, dead, bro. Yeah. Because I, I, I wanted to... Because Myra was like, did you see the pics of them? I always forget. I mean, Lindsay posts everything. I know. She's That's... all about... So I take photos... Everybody even knows my entire life, too, because of my wife. Yeah. And I take photos and videos for her now, and she posts it. Okay. Every now and then, I'll post on Reddit, but I don't post on my Instagram. What's your handle? I can't say. On Reddit? Yeah. You keep it. It's anonymous. See, that's no, not... people can figure it out. I I don't even know what it is. The Brady takes another it's photo. It's some scientific calculation of light speed. I forget what I did. You're such you're anyway, so Brady. I love it. But Reddit's cool. Like when I went to Portland last year, I took a photo of a tree in the Japanese garden. So I posted on like our Portland and our like trippy because it was kind of psychedelic the way the branches were. Mm. And it blows up on Reddit. It does well. But you... it's not the quality that I would post on my Instagram. I don't take my camera anymore. And the iPhone just doesn't do it. Really? Yeah. So you're a... Okay, so like as a hardo in the camera space, you still need to... You need yes. To, okay. I like the ad, Brady. I liked it. I mean... Well, it's not to like. It's just such a likable ad. I don't really have any critique of it. I don't understand the group hug. Yeah, the group hug is weird. I never really pointed that out until we saw the comment. But yeah, I, I liked it. It was either. funny. Well, and I didn't then, notice it, but I didn't think it was as weird as it is now that I'm watching yeah. it. Yeah. Then he gave the clarity. But this was back when it's like... Is there any value prop for shipping it other than that? It's just if they don't have it in the store. So it's for people in Kmart. They can't find what they need. It's saying like their associates will look it up online and ship it to you. So you don't feel like you wasted your time. Yeah. No, no, no. I thought you could go online. Run the the back. No, no, no. I don't think that's what they're saying. Not not the whole ad. If you can't find what you're looking for in store, we'll find it at Kmart.com right now and ship it to you for free. So it's saying we'll find it. So it's like the associates in the store <laughs> look it up for you and then ship it to you. But it, their whole thing is you're in the store. They don't have it. You can still get it what shipped to you. What a stupid concept. No wonder they went out of business. This is like pre-everyone's oh, on no. Amazon. Come on. Ten years ago? Yeah. I know, but they didn't embrace it is all I'm trying to explain. You could see they're so about going to their – I guess they have to. That was a miss, the- though. It wasn't like a full e-com push like walmart did they adapted amazon well 
they did this weird like hybrid. That's call what to I'm action. trying to explain. Yeah. That's why they died. Yeah. Because you still have that massive commercial like footprint. And then poor probably shopping experience. Can you go to Kmart.com? Are they still? Let's go see if this exists. I don't know. I just want to see. <gasps> Whoa. You're alive? <laughs> Their e-commerce still sucks, though. They run Is that an ads. ad? Yeah. Got to make your money. ad for Jude Hospital? Would you like a camper or a kid dying from cancer? Kmart. That is yeah, it's weird. weird. They have an ad network. There is another GDN ad at the bottom. I don't mind an ad network if the concept smarty is not. You got to be. They put GDN on their freaking Kmart site. At least it's not a Walmart ad. What are we talking about? <laughs> it could be, though. It could be. Now you can exclude the category. Oh, Subaru. What is going on? So they're using Critio to just run irrelevant ads. What a crazy concept. I mean, Scarlett recently bought a car. Off of Kmart. But no, I think you can advertise. I think like people do advertise on these places just so you have a note. Like So you can advertise on Walmart. Okay, so like go to Walmart. I want to show this real quick. Can we click a link real quick? I just want to see if this is full like affiliate. Just click any product. Okay, because it says sold by. No, no, you gotta click the, click it there. Yeah. Oh. Okay, you can buy it through Kmart. Sears. Dude, this is the craziest. What is going on? So they're full online now. I have no idea. This is wild. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, I bet you got to be in like Oklahoma or something. Do go up, make it like a nigga more miles. That's, that's the cap. Where is there? Go back to Google. They had something there for a second. Scroll it. How many Kmart's are opening cuff? No, there's no more. Huh. Well, this is interesting. Go to Walmart. I want to show you guys the ads. So, like, Walmart, you can run ads now. So, if you sell your product at Walmart, you can actually advertise on Walmart. Oh, like an Amazon ad? Yeah, exactly. So, that's that's cool. a big thing now. So, like, go to, like, uh, I don't know, click any of these. Why do all these websites still look like magazines? It's like they never got rid of big box style. Yeah, and then I think if you go up, I think some of these are ads. I don't know how it all works yet because we're not in the e-com space, but you can advertise on Walmart your own products. Interesting. Now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love the ad, man. I don't know what happened to Kmart, and I think it's a weird concept 10 years ago to be like, we'll order it online for you, but hey, what do I yeah. know? I think it's initially why I didn't show it is because they're out of business. <laughs> so well, like, they're in business? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess they're I, in business, but I was like, oh, know. this is a failing company. Yeah, I'm no, not that... too jealous of that, but I do love the ad. It's a moving ad. I love it. But oh, no. More of a miss on the business model. Oh, it's an ice cube. I love the kid. I love the kid. I thought the kid was great. <laughs> okay, let's... Uh... Okay, so I'm not just some weirdo who copies Brady's ideas where he finds 
people who went viral on TikTok in the baseball sub niche. But I did I'll take find, credit. I'll take credit. I did find someone accidentally through this other person. I don't even think I follow Jimmy. Um, who shared this? Anytime I see something I like, I just bookmark it and save yep. it for the show. So essentially, it appears to me. I didn't actually do a ton of research on these guys, so we'll do more on the show. I want to kind of keep it live. But these guys sell tape for bats, and their product is sick. Interesting. Now look how cool this is, right? You know what it says, like, product is the marketing? This is the perfect example of a product being perfect for what they do. Okay. It's called Stick Grip. Watch this. Yeah. Dang. And it comes out. It feels immaculate. So I wonder if these are the... Do they normally do hockey grips? Because I've seen maybe this for hockey. Let's see. Stick grip. Let's go check them out. Let's go to their website. That was awesome, though. Isn't that sick? I know. I'm like, man, that makes your marketing. Well, it says bad grip right there. but Oh, they got pickleball, oh. too. Let's yeah, lacrosse, go. pickleball. So, so let- they do hockey. But I don't know if these are the same ones I've seen. Yeah, go to product. Go to baseball. Let's see if it is. Because that doesn't look like what we just saw, does it? I think it, it might oh, be. Oh, no, it is? Yeah. Oh, my. I didn't notice that detail. No, there, I missed that. No offense, guys. So it. Dude. Yeah, because I never had grip like that. I love what they call it ultrasonic polymer. What a name, bro. I don't know what That's the ultrasonic... That's a home run grip if I've ever heard one. I, thanks, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> what are they, dingers? Is that dingers. a baseball term? Yeah, baby. Uh, this thing's sick. How-to. Can I watch the how-to? Because that's kind of, I think, where you get to see the cool product stuff. Very top, Scarlet, in the menu. Yeah. Simply zip, slip, zip, re-grip. Okay. Dude, that thing comes out clean. Can you take it off? Let's see what. Can we see this one? Let's watch the video. Buy a candle. It's pretty cool. Let's see. That's a cool little. lot of wasted plastic <laughs> i just came back from swimming with the turtle so yeah you did you're a big turtle things. swimmer dude it's pretty epic now yeah. go to their tiktok it's really stick cool grip product. tiktok i think they get like millions of views on every single one of these yeah 
How did he even make it on his finger? That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, they're good at this. I mean, that could be some type of medical uh, application. I know yeah. that was more of a joke. But, like, a finger splint? Oh, maybe this guy's gripping his hand for the gamers when we gripped our hand on live. See that? And you can do the the motorcycle handles. That's pretty sick. Fishing rod? Yeah. You could definitely regroup a fishing rod with that for sure. They got millions of these though. 3.2 million, 2.3 million. Yeah. It's a pretty cool product. I love it. Yeah, man. So that was my advertising. That's really cool. It wasn't really anything other than the fact that I wanted to call out making your product intrinsically marketable definitely helps with your marketing. I mean, it's it's a home run, pun intended, just because like the application is entertaining. Yeah. It's almost in like the ASMR category. It is. It's kind of <laughs> right? like weirdly like you feel weirdly productive watching other people apply it. Yeah. You just feel good. You're like, wow, that did need some grip. Thank God they gripped that. <laughs> like that's, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, it's just entertaining just, to just watch the process. Yeah. It's like, it is the most mundane, boring thing that is somehow exhilarating. Yeah. And regripping is like tedious. Like I remember hockey sticks. Oh, it's the worst. You did it. Cause it's awesome when it's fresh, but to actually do it, you have to take off the old grip. Then you used to have to twist it. Remember when you twist it to like essentially twist some of the tape so you could roll it essentially like yeah. you know how it has those like lines to get the depth on it, or you'd have to apply like string or yarn and try to get it to tape it. I mean, this was like taping things is a thing. Yeah. Not now. I wonder how long it it lasts Stick for. Stick Oh, I bet you it lasts a while. It's rubber, plastic, yeah. rubber. It still probably wears out. You just buy new ones. It's ultrasonic. Yeah, it's true. That is some crazy branding. What the heck does <laughs> ultrasonic? Ultrasonic has to do with the grip. That's ultrasonic polymer. It is such a great name, trademarked. Because <laughs> first people like, look at that though. The yellow thing when it just rolls out. It's just you just sit there and watch the videos on replay. Yeah. So I'm jealous. I guess like marketing doesn't work like that, does it? Not always. <laughs> Then it'd be nice. I it's mean, like how many the, it's a modern are... infomercial when I see all these. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is totally the current infomercial, but like we don't have <laughs> like the video. Go to the yellow one. Like, like... You just realize what it is. <laughs> I, I, well, I just realized how they film it. <laughs> no, they're <laughs> pull across. They're reenacting a circumcision. I believe it's the joke. Yeah. Snip, snip. Snip, snip. You got a mil like <laughs> millions of views on all these yeah. things, and it works. I'm like, all right, this is good marketing. I wonder, like, this is what I would say, like, it's so hard when the product works like this. Everybody's like, well, yeah, my product can't do that. So, like, what could someone who doesn't have something this viral learn from it? Because, like, to me, it only works because the product is this, and maybe that is what you learn from it. Is you can't manipulate. Like, yeah, product I marketing's easier if the product markets itself. Yeah, I mean, I mean, HubSpot ads I've seen similar to this where they set up an office scene and someone needs to know the metrics and the person using HubSpot yells across the cubicle, oh, it was this. Like, that's technically showing how good the HubSpot product is at finding metrics, so anyone can do it. It's just not as 
straightforward and obvious as some of these consumer goods. So if I hear what you're saying is all these software companies keep doing motion graphic type ads, but they probably need to do some kind of like live action type stuff. Yeah. Because uh, we just did the live action video for Calendly. I'm super proud of that. Mm-hmm. And I thought we crushed it. But it totally humanized Calendly's product, brought it to life, and made Calendly more understandable outside of a consumer scheduling tool, but how it works for in it like a like a corporation, mm-hmm. for like B2B. Yeah. And it was epic. The video, our video team crushed it. But I think that's the difference. It's like, that was our first live action video for SaaS. Because they all want to do motion graphics, they all want to do like animation, but nobody wanted to do live action. Yeah. like for a while here, outside of like a testimonial. Correct, but the live action is the real brand storytelling. Yeah, we gotta do some live action for directive. That would be sick, like a whole live action campaign series of ads. Yeah, I guess for you could do like almost like reality winter. TV we style. About that here. They do those. Who? Winter. Oh yeah, yeah. So what were you saying? Like, I was just saying, like, because the difference even with the Calendly is, like, this is the actual product live. So right. it could be some type of, like, reality TV type production where you storm into an office, crazy Monday, yeah. and then showing how the, the product's being used. Well, I always thought it would be – so one of my big ideas for growing directive was always, like, pitch, like, a Netflix series called oh, – yeah, like the agency. Call it Agency Life. I feel like people would watch – a show on agency life. Now you, you'd have to get everybody back in office, so that you could get the drama. Yeah, but you could do some type of work from home. Yeah, some remote show. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a TV crew just joins you for a day at yeah, home, like undercover boss style. Yeah. But like people have done that over the years, so I don't know. That was just one of my ideas, but that'd be pretty funny, honey. It's time for your three-hour lunch. I don't take three-hour <laughs> lunches. What are you talking about? <laughs> Honey, are you going to still go play pickleball at 2 p.m. today? Yeah. Don't you usually golf by now? It's 2 p.m. <laughs> Tuesday, you don't ever work Tuesdays, Gerald. <laughs> oh, they'll just be snitching on everybody. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, let's not do that. All right, well, let's uh, let's hit some of our topics. All right, so first topic, BBDL, big baby digital operators. Do you know what BBDL stands no. <laughs> You look that up for me real quick, Scott. No, I'm just curious. BBDO. Barton, Durstein, and Osborne. Wow. Goes back to 1928. These guys been around, bro. All right. So they've been around, and essentially, they sent out a memo, email. It's a fancy word for email when you get to be a big corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to use generative AI tools for client work. So the primary reason is they don't want tools such as ChatGPT, MidJourney, and Dolly. Sounds like I'm about to go to a Pitbull concert. Uh, to create new content from publicly collected data. Because there's this little thing called indemnification. And legal. Mm-hmm. And so with BBDO, essentially, they don't know what happens with copyright and ownership of... So does BBDO own the work created for their clients on chat GPT or do their clients own the work or to somebody else? Yeah. Which I had never paused to think about, but essentially if you're big enough, like I don't think I'm big enough to worry about this, but if you're big enough to worry about this, essentially they can use AI tools for like everything we've always used it for, but to actually have the AI write it, 
or do it and call it a client deliverable. And the client treats that as an owned asset. Mm -hmm. The question is, do they actually own the asset? What do you think about that, Brady? Yeah, I think it's good for just general PR too, for them to say that, right? Because they probably charge a pretty penny. And with all the AI coming out and everyone saying, oh, you can write emails, ad copy using AI, maybe their clients are even thinking like, oh, am I paying for someone else to write a prompt when I could be doing it? I mean, yeah, I kind of disagree with that because you hire agencies to be on the cutting edge. True. And now BBDO is saying essentially they're cutting their light. Okay, so most agencies see AI as like, Free bookings. Yeah, efficiency and... No, more bookings. Like, what they do when the new stuff like this comes across, they'll go to their customers and say, we've developed a new... Like, they'll do a workshop for you. Everything you need to know about AI. And then they'll have five different AI pitches of where they can use AI to automate your business or Mm -hmm. improve efficiencies, all these things. Like, AI coming out is, you know, billions of bookings for McKinsey, if that makes sense. So I get, but I do hear what you're saying on the perspective issue. I'm just saying agencies historically make billions of dollars when new technology is rolled out because customers don't have a point of view on it. They don't want to seem uneducated on Mm -hmm. it. And they want to make sure when they're bored asked what they're doing with AI, they have an answer. So they'll go to McKinsey and say, hey, how can we use AI to transform FedEx? And then McKinsey bills them $2 billion. Yeah. To write a script <laughs> or whatever it is, right? Now, this is a little different. So if you go down a little bit here, I thought this was really interesting. So they're encouraged to explore these new tools in internal sandbox environments and multidisciplinary group of people from agencies, blah, 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 was created to explore the future use. I love that. In other words, they've, you know, they, they've got a, a meeting every Wednesday for 20 minutes where they talk about AI with like 20 different people in the agency. But if you scroll down, right here it's not just going on here right in march u.s copyright office said content mostly created by ai cannot be protected by copyright but will be reviewing applications on a case-to-case basis so that's why this is interesting because essentially it's not copyright but i think once we talked about last week the drake song and everything else i think corporations are very like nervous mm-hmm. and BBDO doesn't want one of their clients again, like a trademark yeah. type lawsuit because of AI. And so that's essentially where this is going. And it's like, you know, Italy, they aren't allowed to do it. If you scroll down a little bit more, which is crazy. Oh, I think that, let me go up a little bit. Sorry. Um, it make it unclear who is responsible. So this is a, so go up. I'll just read the kind of the, the take, right? BBDO's copyright concerns are nothing new. In the ad world, as interest in AI continues to grow, in March, U.S. Copyright Office said content mostly created by AI cannot be protected by copyright, but will be reviewing applications on a case-to-case basis. Now, here's why. Generative AI can make it unclear who is responsible for the intellectual conception and bots creating content from existing copyrighted material makes for a murky ownership debate. In other words, if you just ask ChatGPT to do something for you, it oftentimes does the wrong thing still. Yeah. And it could do so illegally, essentially through plagiarism. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's murky waters right now. They don't want to swim. Like make, makes sense to me. Well, yeah. And they're saying, and restrictions may put agencies at a deficit. So in other words, BBDO, if they aren't allowed to bring AI 
type solutions to their customers, their customers are going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So it's a little crazy. I think it's pretty risk averse of BBDO, and but I can see why there's concerns there. Yeah, I mean, a human can make the same mistake, but at least they can pin that at the individual who created the ad, stripping it off of Google Images, and, and someone else owns it. Yeah, who are you going to hold accountable? Chat GPT. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, OpenAI. Yeah, they. Uh, you're gonna go knock on Sam Altman's door and be like, Sam, you wrote this article. He's like, I don't write yeah. this article. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It, it's such a gray area that the big, big players. You know what it's like when we serve these big accounts. We can't touch the ads without legal approving the mm-hmm. copy. I mean, we can't do anything for these customers. They're very profitable accounts <laughs> because you're not allowed to use your hours to do anything. Yeah. But obviously, I just think this is gonna. I don't know. It's a hot topic to me. How do you think from a marketing perspective, what do you think generative AI is going to replace for us? Like, what do you think it'll start generating for directive in the next six months? Um, like I would say content briefs is one. Yeah. Content briefs, some forms of like consolidated research. I think it does well. Like okay. instead of clicking through 10 links on Google and trying to summarize it, it does that pretty well. Yep. I mean, the image stuff is cool and yeah, it already exists yeah. where you can even feed it your own information and then it'll spit out different variations of a similar design of and you? formats. I mean, you could submit yourself yeah. and that'd be interesting. Like and do modern that. day characters, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the copywriting, it's worth testing. Writing the copy, not car- copywritten things. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Writing the copy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is such an interesting angle that the technology is just ahead of the system and oh, the yeah. laws. Well, I, I think all the social stuff is like, we searched a LinkedIn on directive real quick, like direct LinkedIn directive. I recently saw, I don't know if it was sting the musician, but P Diddy owes him like two grand a day because he did a sample of his song and didn't get authorization of it. That one, yeah. I don't know who the other people are. Go to that one, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So, so so, just to their point, there's a lot of money in messing up. Oh, yeah. And if you scroll down, what I thought was interesting here, just keep going down, was like uh, if you look at some of like our corporate posts, not the Tim posts, just do like go to posts. Like right here. Bringing the right people on board is crucial to our sex. The new hires welcome in April. Our testament to that. I kind of feel like AI could write the copy on some of the LinkedIn posts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you could just scrape the images and then write, be like, write a welcome post on LinkedIn for us. Yeah. I mean, we did on a few episodes ago, yeah. we did a outbound email. Dude, it can write any outbound email, sales development, follow up, yeah. marketing automation. There's all those points. What if you don't own the work you just created and someone sues you for it? Yeah. That's the, that's wild. The though. That is such a gray area. And I could see why a big holding co like BBDO is like, we're not messing with that. Like, yeah, it makes, like I said, there's so much money in yeah. messing up there to where the humans mess up too. But Correct. they probably have the systems in place for that. To but... mitigate human risk. We don't know how to mitigate AI risk yet. Yeah, and it's done at such a detailed level. Like if someone just uses AI to create 500 display ads, if one image is taken from... With the wrong copy and they say like a curse word or something like that and they miss it because AI built it all. Yeah, but even Getty Images and the AI found it through through someone who already bought the license for them to use it, but yeah. not the license for someone else to use it. And Well, this is like the risk, right? So this is like every 
in-house counsel's nightmare in the agency world. Somehow the AI goes racist. Yeah. And it just, like, some agency tries this new thing where we're going to do AI-optimized social. They get the Wendy's account, right? And they cook their API up to the Wendy's account. And they're like, for this week and this week only, Wendy, all of Wendy's posting is going to be from AI, right? And they do this classic agency publicity stunt type thing. And it starts off good, right? Monday's pretty funny. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Tuesday, pretty funny. Wednesday, Thursday, AI somehow gets racist. And it just keeps posting racist things and no one can stop it. That's like the big fear everybody is terrified of when yeah. they say like generative AI. It's not just that it could copyright it. It's that it could copyright something. And then if you don't have the right checks and balances... Because people don't know how to control it or stop it or understand it well enough. Imagine if, you know, yeah, for them, that's like their risk is like, I mean, that stuff, I don't know if like any big brand, but it's happened where people caught on that, like the AI was learning from what the public was saying and doing. So the community came together and started training the AI, just really dark stuff. And then it started thinking like, oh, this is what people are liking. Yes. And it started producing that type of content. Which is completely how things are going to be for a while. It's like it's such a new technology that's going to be manipulated and abused. So I know I'm going to focus on being an early adopter of AI, but I could see how big organizations like BBDL are going to focus on being late adopters. And this is not worth it to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was my insights there. <laughs> oh. So a woman tweeted this if you go up. I forget her name right now. Shireen, but this is still like my favorite meme of all time in advertising. Yeah. So you click on the image. So essentially (laughs) they take the one, which they call the virgin complicated media buying. And it's like, uses a consistent naming scheme I think this ICA plus ATC look like might outperform the ninety five percent W. I do you know don't know is? if those are two V's or a W. We're both married, so we got at least part of this figured out. But tries to target better than Facebook segments his ad sets by demographic and labels them. Needs to use engagement gimmicks to win placement auctions. Still loses auctions for best placements. <laughs> Keeps testing the same shitty or stuff creatives and then fights for one point seven nine. Roaz. Do you even know? I'm not a I'm not a Facebook ecom guy. Do you even know what the one to two percent to seventy five percent W is? What is that, Brady? You're my nerd. Yeah, one to two percent, seventy five percent, either W or VV. Two to three percent, seventy five percent VV. This guy posts his own thing right there. Then I like the Chad though, right? The Chad, U.S., Canada, <laughs> Australia, UK. 30 plus, nothing else. <laughs> Just default name conversions, default name conversions. Literally no two. naming scheme. Literally no naming scheme. His creatives intimidate inferior creatives out of placement. It's so true, though. Like, just runs big, bold ads, does no targeting himself, lets Facebook do it for him, only tracks the one thing that matters, conversions, doesn't even know what a lookalike audience is, forgets about active campaigns for months, still profitable. <laughs> they should have put a Bud Light on his desk. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, though. Isn't that so true about yeah. advertising today? I can't tell you how many nerds we have at Directive that still don't know what they're doing when it comes to marketing. Yeah, well, it's just a weird time where it's like the platforms are evolving to where they want you to be a Chad. 
Like the platforms are built for Chad. Being Chad has always been the best, though. That's a new. I feel like that's a lie. I feel like people are now saying because of broad targeting. I feel like the the point of Chad isn't that Chad's lazy or anything like that. The point of Chad is Chad just wants to tell people about his product and focuses on making his product really cool. Marketing. The problem with the person on the top is they don't do any marketing. Now, if you could have Chad and the person on the top, they'll beat either of these people. Yes. So that is not my point. My point is if you have to pick one, too many people, including people who frankly work at Directive, think that their value comes through their technical expertise of managing the ad platform and the channel itself, and it sure as heck does not. Yeah, the two notes on creative it should be bolded because those are the big differences. That's the big difference. Yeah. One person focuses on articulating the value of their product. The other person focuses on optimizing the delivery of their ads. Mm-hmm. Right? One person is optimizing the de- advertising itself, like how the ad delivers. That's all it is. It's advertising delivery is what they're optimizing. Yeah, it's everything the market doesn't see is what I often say. All the value the customer, the prospect, frankly, doesn't appreciate, recognize, or want. Yeah. The value is in what Chad's doing, which is driving conversions by making your product stand out in a noisy environment. Now, if you can do that and then optimize your ad delivery, that's great. But you got to start with Chad and then become Brad. But if you start as Brad and then try to become Chad, you, you don't ever make it, in my opinion. Like, it, like, how often does it work optimizing the ad delivery of a bad product? Never works. Never works. Yeah. Yet I constantly see our team and other advertisers and professionals in the industry, and I went through this phase myself, where you're just so focused on hitting, like, a click-through rate number or cost per conversion number or top spot on the ads or certain impression share. That you never stopped to ask, like, if I was on social, if I was going to the bathroom, pulled my phone out, was scrolling, would I stop and buy this product? Because that's the real, like, question. Yeah. Like, the ad, like today, we saw the TikTok kids with their very cool baseball bat. Do you think they know what ICATC look like, outperform 95%? No, they probably don't. They're, getting, they're too busy getting $14 million views. Taping up a cricket bat. Yeah. With a car driving away. With a car <laughs> driving away. That's what Chad would be doing. Yeah. Chad makes you want his product, care about his product. He, Chad believes in his own product. Chad thinks, all I got to do is tell the right people about my product and they'll buy it. Chad's right. Make your product intrinsically sellable, marketable, desirable, and then tell people who you think would buy it about it. That's how you do advertising. Yeah. Or at least your initial offer. It doesn't even have to be the product. I think that's been my yes sweet spot in my career. The is next thing you need them to do. It, when I can't touch the product, right? Being in an agency for a long time, I usually mm-hmm. don't have my hands on products. Correct. But you can change your offer, right? Marketing is still in control, especially dealing with like a sales cycle. Yeah, what's like, the call to action? Yeah, what's the call to action? What's the initial offer? There's so much freedom in that. Versus yeah. we still see in our space, the Request offer a is a demo with no context. Yeah, that's why in T2, like our next trimester, we're focusing on rolling out product demo videos to all our customers. Yeah. So you could essentially 
watch a demo video. So you still get the form, right? So you still have like, instead of request a demo, it's watch demo video and you fill out the form. You can watch it and then schedule your appointment for the demo mm-hmm. all yourself. You can watch the whole demo yourself and schedule your appointment to talk to sales. Now you show up to the sales call with five, six notes after watching the video, questions predefined, and you accelerate the sales process. You increase the close rate and you monetize your marketing. Everything works better when you're Chad. Yeah, I agree. Chad just does marketing. Brad up there, he's just being a nerd. And you can't, you can't optimize a bad product. You can't optimize a bad mm-hmm. offer. You have to fix one. But the, nobody up there ever is fixing things and having a real transparent understanding. It's just like, let me see what I can manipulate in the platform. Yeah, and the platforms are now making it easier to be a Chad. Yeah, they want you back to be a Chad. Back in the day, you kind of had to be both, like way back in manual bidding only Google Ads Correct. type structures. Like you had to be both, but now you just need to have a product. You just need a product that people want some social proof, a creative way of articulating it, a brand narrative, social. You, you need more now than you did then, ironically. I feel like back then you didn't have to be like intrinsically viral or like. Yeah, it was like if you show up at the right time, time to the right person, not a lot of people are doing that. Therefore, you'll get the sale. But now there's so much noise. Everyone's doing that. So yeah, there's 10 competitors in every category and all 10 are good. And they all say the same thing. So the question isn't how do you optimize Google ads? It's how do you position yourself as different, mm-hmm. right? How do you differentiate yourself from the competition? And then how do you tell your story? And then just distribute it. That's the easiest part. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a wild, wild, wild world we live in. But we need more Chads and less Brads. What do you think? I agree. I don't know about the names, though. Chad and Brad are... Replace your Brady. No, okay. It's just in the whole meme world. Like a Brad is a Chad. I feel like a Chad is a Kyle. Cause like Chad, like the only difference <laughs> between Chad and Kyle is Kyle punches holes in walls. I don't know. I just know <laughs> Chad's are Brad. So you think Chad's are Brad's? Yeah. I feel like Chad's are Kyle's. I think maybe Chad's are Brad's and Brad's are Kyle's. Whoa. I don't know about that. <laughs> Oh, any final thoughts on this? One? I don't want to throw out a name for the top one because I don't want to offend anyone. I'm trying to think of a name I don't know. Clevis. Sure. There you go. I was going with Henry, but I'm trying <laughs> to think, do I know any Henrys? You might know Hank. Yeah, Hank is. I just think of that show. Hank Hill. Who's Hank Hill? King of the Hill. King of the Hill. Man, this podcast is going off the rails here at the end. (laughs) I love this. This is the epitome of my day to day. Oh yeah, it is. This is literally these two different. I'd like. I'm in the middle. I'd say. Any, you you kind of are in the middle, um, which is a good thing. I think you need a bit of both. To our point earlier, but I'd definitely be Chad instead of Brad over here. Yeah. So, any other insights around? How do you get from being a Brad to becoming a Chad? Any tips for someone? What I've noticed just working with a lot of in-house teams is you have to get out of your bubble, which being at the agency, that's our strength, especially right off the bat is we're not in their bubble. So we can be very transparent and direct with what we see and how we compare. Yeah. We see 10,000 accounts and you see one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think the person at the top's blind because 
to your point earlier, they're looking at all these metrics that their end consumer doesn't see. So it starts at the product and then it goes directly into how you're marketing the product. And that should be where all the work is being done. You got to be a customer focused advertiser, not a platform focused advertiser. So market research could help like get out of the platform, get out of the spreadsheets, ask the market what they think. Right. Search the query you're advertising on. See what the other people have for their offers. See what their call to actions are. See if you were to click on three tabs right now, would you actually buy your product? That's the easiest way for me yeah. to do it. I'll, I'll call it three tab test. And get offended. Be open to it. Yeah. Because you're never going to win that test right off the bat. And people just don't want to hear that. Yeah. So you got to be open to hearing like, I would not choose you. I would not choose you. I would not choose you. But if you optimize towards them saying, I would choose you. Now you're ready to. That's called adver- now you're ready to advertise ironically. Yeah. Whether it's hyper technical <laughs> like the top or just using the in-platform technology. Let it rip. Both would work. Both were Get the great. products right and the marketing. Yeah, and that's what I think. It's just live in the SERP. Like if you're advertising somewhere, be that somewhere you're advertising. So if you're advertising on a keyword, search that keyword, look at all the ads, see if you'd choose you. If you want to write for an article you're writing for SEO, read all the articles ranking for that keyword and ask if yours is actually better than theirs. Mm-hmm. And when you start getting really authentic, raw, and put yourself in your consumer's shoes, you become everything Chad has dreamed of. And you get really, really good at marketing because you just understand how to talk about your product, how to position it, how to differentiate it, why people want it, what features to focus on. All the stuff we know we need to do that we don't is what makes Chad beat the virgin complicated media buying buyer (laughs) who just overcomplicates things by trying to find the value in platform optimizations instead of the value of the actual product and its positioning in the marketplace. So pretty huge. Now I just need to figure out what this W means after the podcast. I know. I think it's two V's. I do. I think it's two V's. Well, I've looked it up once cause I wanted to know when I saw this meme like three years ago, but I don't remember. I mean, it represents like a W attribution model. Maybe I don't views. think that's what they're talking about. Meaning in ads. Oh, let me see. Oh, viewable CPM. Oh, yeah, man. So cost per thousand viewable impressions. For three seconds. Which is terrifying that they were charging you for impressions that weren't even viewed. Yeah, I know, right? It was loaded in the script on the page. (laughs) Yeah, and it just fires and you're screwed. Oh, my gosh. Well, hey, this has been a great show. Thanks for joining us, being a part of the community. As always, like, subscribe comment five stars and uh see you next week see you next week